Hi, I'm Sarah Chia from Bond Supermart, an online platform that provides you with information on bonds, transparent prices, tools, and research at your fingertips. Welcome to another episode of our podcast series where we share with you about new bond issues and hold discussions on the fixed income market. Today I have with me Linda Lin, fixed income analyst from the Bond Supermart team at IFAST Singapore. We're going to talk about green bonds, which have you know remained as a very contentious topic amongst financial advisors and analysts and have really left investors wondering if they need to hop on to this supposed trend or not. Hi Sarah, sure it is. It's a topic of the streets now with all participants wondering how this new green financing is going to change the investing landscape. Yeah, and honestly, so am I. You know, when I was preparing for this episode, I actually asked some colleagues and friends what they thought about green bonds. And I would say 90% of the time, uh, I received very, very skeptical looks. So now that you're here, um, could you give us the generally accepted definition of what green bonds are? Alright, um, green bonds, or some of us may call it climate bonds, they are also fixed income financial instruments that are issued for the purpose of a specific type of project that are expected to bring benefits to the environment or in the form of social benefits. They follow the green bond principles stipulated by the International Capital Market Association, the ICMA, which is a set of guideline principles to how firms can define green projects. Technically, a regular or a non-green bond, um, from what I understand what you're saying, technically a regular or non-green bond, they can be used for the same purposes, right? I mean, why is there a, then a need for these corporates to come and issue a bond that is labelled green? Mm, essentially, non-green bonds can be used for the same purpose because there is no current market consensus on what really constitutes as a green or sustainable project. So, issuers decide on the use of proceeds at their discretion. Um, Say for how proceeds are applied, a green bond is a type of fixed income instrument that essentially has the same meaning or features like most other typical corporate bonds. So um, they could be rated or unrated and have their seniority or repayment ranking generally the same as a typical conventional corporate bond. They are labelled green to mainly signify that their proceeds are raised to actually fund projects that are intended to bring about social or environmental benefits. Some of us may wonder, so what is the difference between a green and a non-green bond? Um, actually, the biggest difference between a conventional copper bond and a green bond is that the green bond is, is often earmarked for climate and environmental related projects um, as their primary purpose for raising monies. But as with any other debt, they are also treated as borrowings and accounted for as a liability in the issuer's balance sheet. But why do people care about green bonds? There's a sudden hype of popularity about it, right? Why has this come about? Mm, it really depends on where you are coming from, on whether you're coming from the point of view of investors, issuers, or actually in general environmentalists. From the perspective of issuers, this source of finance has been increasingly popular because they carry a lower interest rate than a otherwise a typical um, copper bond in the name of actually doing the society good. The use of sustainable financing are often uh, seen as a broader environmental strategy to kind of encourage issuers to spur more corporate activities that could help to bring about climate and social benefits. From your research, what types of investors are typically interested in it? Mm, green bonds have been popular, like a typical copper bond. They are mostly accessible to mainstream institutional investors, specialist investors who have investment mandates that are tied to environmental, social or governance goals, 
in short, the ESG that people are talking about nowadays. In addition, um, corporate treasury desk, sovereign-linked entities that perhaps could have been encouraged to be more actively involved in sustainable-linked capital raising, or even retail investors who may perhaps want a philanthropic element to their investments indirectly may be interested in this group of financing. Which geographical region do you think is actually growing the fastest when it comes to green bonds? By geography, green bonds has been most popular among European issuers. But in recent years, we have also seen a spike in green bond issuance in the Asia-Pacific region. Yeah, you know, actually, I've noticed a lot of corporates calling the bonds green. Um, I mean, can you just call it green or do you actually need to get it certified? That's a good question. Mm, I would think green is a way of putting an appropriate name to sustainable financing. Um, Generally, a prospective issuer of a green bond may voluntarily take reference from a number of frameworks that provides this kind of um, green labelling guidance. This would include the climate bonds standards developed by the Climate Bonds Initiative in the UK, green bond principles by the ICMA mentioned earlier, or the harmonised framework developed by an interested group of banks, or really even self-developed frameworks like the Ascenders Read Green Finance Framework. All in all, the green bond market is really growing and developing, and we continue to anticipate for more regulatory or judicial guidance to be imposed in this area. You mentioned just now Ascenders. Within the Singapore space, we just saw Ascenders Read actually issuing the first round of green bonds, right? That was about $100 million. And almost a month later, another round of $300 million. So according to Ascenders, they saw an overwhelming amount of interest for their first round. And they came out to say that you know subscriptions were actually 6.5 times oversubscribed. Is this surprising to you? Well, actually, I'm not really overly surprised by the oversubscription because we are currently in a low-yield environment at the moment. And really, for 2020, there isn't much newborn issuance this year due to a challenging investing climate that we have seen with a mountain of uncertainties from the pandemic. So as we all know, Ascenders REIT is an investment-grade rated issuer with a vast asset base at Singapore's biggest industrial REIT. So typically, we see a decent demand from its bond issuances. So regardless of whether it was green or not, you feel like it would have been oversubscribed anyway? Yes, actually, I do not think at this juncture, um, the bonds being uh, labelled green would provide much lifting to subscriptions. It looks like low supply of good SGD credits this year have actually spurred some healthy demand for AREITS credits. Do you think that um, while it being green made much difference to it being over 6.5 times oversubscribed? Hmm, not really. An oversubscription typically is still tied to either an enticing investment return, that is the better coupon rate, or credits that comes with strong fundamentals. But I noticed that um, these two tranches are coming from the overall 7 billion medium-term program, which Ascenders established three months ago. Um, it basically allows the company to raise up to 7 billion of capital during the stipulated period, but it has to be in accordance with the terms set out in the program. Uh, right now, the company has drawn down 400 mil of the 7 billion that's permitted, and so far, this 400 mil has gone towards green issues. Can we expect the full 7 billion to actually go towards green financing too? I mean, that seems to be popular now, right? Um, before the medium term securities program, we do expect more green initiatives to be incorporated in AREITS capital management going forward. As with a lot of other issuers, green financing remains popular because it offers a channel to, of course, cheap financing. 
um, management of e-read has also been outspoken about evolving more green initiatives in this area. Coming back to your MTN, I do not think that they would draw down the 7 billion in full because MPN works like your credit card limits. So there is a limit, but seldom uh, we see people drawing them down fully. Wow, that's a really good metaphor. Is Ascendance Read the first read to actually issue green or sustainable bonds? If not globally, then you know what about Asia or Singapore, which is where we are? Um, for perpetual bonds, yes, Ascendance Read is the first read in Singapore to launch a green perpetual note. There are also a couple of um, other green issuances within the HDD bond space, such as Asia's first green bond issuance by a university, the National University of Singapore NUS, the $300 million ten-year green bond with a coupon rate of 1.565, just to name a few. For a lot of us, actually, it's quite exciting, right, when you see a vehicle manufacturer or an electricity supplier issue green bonds. I mean, after all, these industries are very commonly associated with pollution, and having a negative impact on the environment, unfortunately. So with them coming out with a green bond, I mean, it sort of shows them trying to take a step forward to do more to change that. But with a REIT though, I get that Ascenders, as well as other REITs, they own or operate properties that are meant to generate income or profits for them. What I'm trying to ask here is, how, how do you feel as an analyst about the impact of REITs issuing green bonds? So again, it depends on where we are coming from. Financially, green bonds represents a good refinancing channel for issuers to raise cheap financing. On the hindsight, however, right now the market is growing. So if there will be more stringent rules on the use of proceeds or a greater degree of due diligence imposed, an increased transparency or financial disclosure will definitely be a plus for investors. So some projects that are kind of um, eligible for the use of green proceeds includes green buildings, renewable energy, waste management, energy efficiency focused initiatives. It's great to hear that, you know, there are so many different ways of um, them actually using these green proceeds. When I was researching for this episode, I also came to realize that buildings are actually responsible for emitting a lot of carbon dioxide. So hopefully with these green bonds, they would be able to potentially reduce the carbon footprint as well. Well, I do understand that there are many ways where REITs can make an impact on the environment. So, for example, procure energy from renewable sources, have sustainable inputs to building designs on asset enhancement initiatives. And lastly, this may not be more green, but actually to reduce unnecessary redevelopment of buildings where existing structures can still be retained if possible. So, Linda, do you think that ascenders can make a significant change with the green bonds? Well, this is a tough one. The Ascenders Read Framework as well as the Capital Land Sustainability Plan 2030 is only recently established. So actually, there remains a lot to be anticipated because the big players has to put these plans into reality first. As industry leaders, I do expect them to make concrete and observable changes to buildings landscape. So for example, um, visibly plantations surrounding its buildings. Ascendance REITs has already been doing so, having the largest number of green mark properties among Singapore REITs and the largest number of public electrical vehicle charging points in Singapore among the uh, local REITs. That sounds really good. But what I want to know, to bring it back, right? As an investor, should I be concerned about whether the bond I invest in is green or not? Like, is it safer? What, what difference does it actually make to me as an investor? I think it really depends on an individual's investment preference. And if there's any investment mandates, of course, um, they have to specifically adhere to such mandates. The biggest difference that one can have is ultimately depends on one's belief uh, in impact investing. 
Fundamentally, as mentioned, green bonds are still a form of debt and their repayment ability of a green bond, as like any other typical corporate bonds, will still very much depend on the issuer's credit risks. Ah, okay. I know that you touched on this earlier, but I just want to get a confirmation on this. So, profitability-wise, as an investor? Well, typically, a green bond carries a lower investment return because they come from a form of relatively cheaper financing for issuers. However, this is debatable because um, research has shown that a green bond would eventually converge to its fair value along its overall credit curve, holding all else on constants. Research have also shown that there is only traces of yield differences between a green and a non-green municipal bonds that has identical risk. So to put it differently, green labelling may not necessarily be a key factor that contributes to yield movements. At the very start, we mentioned that you know green bonds are a contentious topic. Could you share about some of the controversies surrounding green bonds? Yes, there is, mostly on the controversies around how green these green bonds really are. In short, there's a term called greenwashing where bonds are labelled green, but application of such proceeds has very negligible environmental benefits. To be honest, issuers have taken advantage of a cheaper borrowing rate. Greenwashing is an area that investors might want to watch out. So in my opinion, such controversies boils down to the lack of governance surrounding the use of these green proceeds, despite some really good effort in sustainability framework that have been put in place. Yeah, I can see how that system would get abused. Do you have any examples of greenwashing when it comes to bonds? Yes, there is, but not so much in the SGD space because green financing is still sort of a new thing. So for example, a Germany-based wind turbines manufacturer called Semvion Holdings defaulted on its 3.875-202 paper after filing for insolvency in April 2019. So some moral of the story here, while being green may help an issuer to lower borrowing costs, but one should still assess an issuer's overall credit profile before making investments. So do you think that you know green bonds are here to stay? Or are they just a passing fad? So green bonds have boomed in recent years with growing demands of a sustainable option in investment strategies. Um, there are more and more concerns on climate changes, social impacts, and now the pandemic. So I think the hype is not a short lift, and I do expect more green issuances to come. Because um, I do expect that more economic activities are actually encouraged to be carried out in a low-carbon manner as far as possible. Yeah, that would be really nice. But do you think we're actually going to get to a point where bonds are automatically green? I mean, now when they issue bonds, they're always like green something, you know, coupon, maturity date, um, initial price guidance, final price guidance. But there's always this term green there because they have to declare that this is green. They, they want to shout out about it. But do you, get, do you think we'll get to a point where they don't even have to do this anymore? We don't even have to remind each other that this is a special feature. It will just be a very basic feature. That is really an ambitious goal. Mm, I do hope to see that. Um, but this is really something that is still far into the future. So for the time being, I think we would start to see tighter regulations into green financing as sort of a step towards that automatically green direction. So for the... Final bang, Linda, would you yourself invest in a green bond? I would definitely as a way of contributing back to the society indirectly. On a side note, I believe that a lot of investors, especially those with high net worth, they are willing to go beyond profit making when their investments could actually help to create some positive impacts to the environment. Okay, well, all right, that's all for today then. Thank you for joining us, Linda. Thank you and let's look forward to a bigger green bond market. Well, that's a really positive way to end off today's episode. It's nice to see that there are believers of green bonds. 
Hopefully that gives some of my skeptical colleagues or maybe listeners a better idea of what green bonds are really about. My guess is that it will continue to be a topic of debate, especially here in Asia. But I'm really excited to see how this turns out. This was brought to you by Bond Supermart. I'm Sarah Chia and our guest analyst with us today is Linda Lin from the Bond Supermart team at IFAS Singapore. Follow Bond Supermart on Twitter, Facebook and Telegram to get first-hand updates on new bond issues, credit updates and special events. For bond information and articles, visit our website bondsupermart.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon.